There was some pretty good timing with the baby back here with a voice crying in the desert. And then all of a sudden there was just this, ah! I guess that's, that was the voice crying out. In our second reading this weekend, St. Paul said this, Whatever was written previously was written for our instruction, that by endurance and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So I'd like to reflect on that virtue of hope this evening. The Catholic philosopher Joseph Pieper once wrote that hope is the proper virtue of the not yet. The not yet. What on earth does he mean by that, that it's the virtue of the not yet? Well, very clearly, we are not yet saints in heaven, right? This is not heaven. If this is heaven, then we were cheated. (laughs) But we're also not yet doomed to separation from God in hell. We're not yet. We're on the way. So hope remains. But it all hinges upon that little grain of not yetness, right? That little nugget of not knowing the final and complete outcome is what holds us all in suspense. And it makes our lives worth living along the way. That's where hope can actually happen. Hope that is seen is not hope, St. Paul tells us elsewhere in the sacred scriptures. So because of this necessary not-yetness of true Christian hope, there are actually two ways that we can become hopeless. Hopeless. The first way to be hopeless is the one that we usually think of right away. It's the natural one that we, we gravitate towards when we think, of, oh man, I'm being hopeless right now, and that is despair. Despair. Despair runs contrary to hope, because it assumes that we've already lost definitively, that the world is already ruined beyond repair, that our behavior is never going to change, that we can never be healed, never freed from our addictions, that God never will listen to our prayers, that we will never have the relationship with him that we want to have that we will never move forward and never reach the goal. It's already decided, and it's guaranteed to be bad. That's despair. And despair is such a horrible burden. It's very painful. And everything seems to be blurred when seen through the lens of despair. Think of the image that we heard in that first reading from the prophet Isaiah, that image of the stump of Jesse. A stump looks altogether hopeless, right? We might reasonably despair of a chopped down tree. Israel had all but despaired of ever seeing the Davidic kingdom truly restored. It looked like a dead stump for over 500 years. For over 500 years, all they could see was a dead stump. But when we see that stump through the eyes of hope, and when we reject despair... We know that the story isn't over. We can see that God promised his people that something living, something good, would eventually sprout from that stump of Jesse. A savior would come. The Messiah would come. And he would be wise and understanding and strong, all-knowing, God-fearing, 
He would judge rightly and bring about everlasting peace. He would baptize us with water and the Holy Spirit and fire. Despair is not of God. And we have to reject it wherever and whenever we see it creeping into our hearts. And I I see it there a lot, too, in my own heart. Despair is real. And we have to reject it. Think of John the Baptist, the spokesman of the Lord. His main message is repent. If you think about it, this message is a rejection of despair. Why would John the Baptist even bother exhorting people, change your ways, turn around, shift your minds away from sin and toward the mind of God? Why would he bother wasting his breath at all on that message if he did not believe that there was solid hope for it to actually happen? For people to really, truly be transformed. Hope to be made new. Sometimes I think we can get into the habit of thinking that message, repent, is like bad news. That it's like a message of doom and gloom and despair. That it's focusing on the negative. But in actuality, it's the only hope any of us have. It's the only hope that any of us have. The world tells us not to bother about our faults and failings and sins, that we are what we are, and we can't really help it. But John the Baptist has a much better message for us, a much more hopeful message. He tells us, actually, you are free to change. You can repent and be made whole again by God. You can become holy. There is possibility with our God. He's the Lord of surprises. So don't despair. Gandalf from The Lord of the Rings says this of despair. Despair is only for those who see the end beyond all doubt. Despair is only for those who see the end beyond all doubt. The fact is that we don't see the end beyond all doubt. In this life, we can never have that kind of perfect knowledge, however bad our attitude might be at times. We can never have perfect knowledge of some sort of future decided failure. And so within that little, that little crevice of not yetness, the not yet, there's hope. But then there's the flip side to that truth that Gandalf tells us, that, that despair is only for those who see the end beyond all doubt, that, that we don't have that perfect knowledge of future failure. The flip side to that is that we also don't have perfect knowledge of future success. We don't have that either. And so that brings us to the second form of hopelessness, which is presumption. Presumption is a kind of opposite to despair. It is when we assume that we've already secured absolute decided victory, that everything is guaranteed to be positive for us in the end. It's kind of an overconfidence in the sense that we presume that it's already a done deal. We might as well be in heaven already partying with the angels because it's a lock. No questions asked, no concern whatsoever, no possibility of losing our salvation. Presumption is also contrary to God's will. And it comes up a lot in confession, actually. A lot of people presume that there's not a lot to worry about, that they can just go to confession after they sin, and so they kind of give themselves permission, right? 
Maybe we've all done this. I know I've done this. Where we, we, pres- we give ourselves permission to fall because, well, you know, Father's going to be in the confessional tomorrow at 8 a.m. That's pride, yes. That's arrogance, yes. But believe it or not, it's also hopelessness. Because it is presuming a God, upon God's mercy. It's presuming that God already has kind of let us off the hook, more or less. And so it doesn't matter. And so we will surely have enough time to get to confession. And, and we will surely be able to get in that door before Jesus comes back for the final judgment. And so we have some time to go on fooling around with sin before we are reconciled with God. Now to that, I think we got to heed John the Baptist from our gospel. John the Baptist says this, warning, do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. We cannot fall for that trap of presumption and think comfortably to ourselves, you know, I'm a pretty good Catholic. I made it to Mass most weekends in my life, and, and, and I learned my catechism. I went to Catholic school, and, and I'm sure I give probably enough money to the church, and, and I, I, I show up and do stuff for the church. And so I'm sure, would be on the shadow of a doubt, that I'm okay, that I'm in. Jesus' words come to mind here as another gentle warning for all of us. Not all who say to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And so we we listen to the Baptist again. Produce fruit, therefore, as evidence of your repentance. Produce fruit. Why presume when we can instead hope boldly and say, Lord, I trust you. I believe in your promises. Life is hard, and I'm not perfect. I'm trying to do everything that I can, with the help of your grace, to repent. I don't always see how things are going to turn out for the good, but you are worth that uncertainty. I won't jump to conclusions, or at least I'll try not to. I won't despair or presume. I will have hope instead. While we live on this earth, we're not finished yet. We're all works in progress. We know what God has promised us, and we know that he is trustworthy. We know that he has plans for us, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give us a future and a hope. So so we listen to John the Baptist again. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of hope in your heart. Crowd out the despair. Crowd out the presumption. Ask God for that supreme gift of hope. Ask him for it. Because this world needs hope. We need hope. And we need God.